0: privilege of welcoming Pastor Larry and Gene Johnson to speak on their message titled The Sower. Let's give them a warm welcome as they come to the stage this morning.
1: Good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. How you all doing today? Good. Had a good week? Good. We just want to thank the worship team. My goodness, how they put things together and seems like every Sunday they have a different message or different in song that lines up with the word, and uh, that's just awesome. We also want to thank RJ, Pastor RJ, for his words, his seed that touches our lives and changes us to help us grow up in the Lord. How are you doing with the fast? Y'all like to quit eating? <laughs> Well, God just laid on my heart to, to uh, cut out the, the noon meal, so I've done that. And I also cut my other intake in half. And not only are we blessed to be able to, we, we can hear God better, but we, I had the benefit of losing weight along with it. So in the last couple of weeks, I've dropped 20 pounds. Now, I, I may not look it, but You know, there is benefits when we obey Father God. And this is also the first day of spring. Did you all know that? Yeah. And what happens in the spring? The rains come, and along with the rains, we often have floods. So I'd like to tell you a story. There was a young man that lived down in the valley, and he was just a man of faith. I mean, he just really... Let everybody know he had a lot of faith. But anyway, so uh, the, the prediction was that they'd have a lot of rain. So the mayor of the town put out a plea that for everybody to leave because the dam is probably liable to broke, be, break because we have so much rain coming. But he took that and he just said, no, I'm going to stay here. My God will take care of me. So that was fine, but it began to rain and all of a sudden the flood came and, and he got in his house and and the, the flood came and flooded the bottom floor. So here come a boat by and said, come on, come on, get in the boat, uh, it's going to keep raining. And he said, oh no, he said, I have faith and trust in God, I'm just going to, I know he's going to save me. So. It continued to rain and rain. And the next day, he went up on the second floor. And here comes the boat by again. And he says, Come on, get in the boat. Get in the boat. It's going to keep raining. He, oh, no. He said, I trust in God. I have faith he's going to save me. And the boat went on. So the next day, he's up on top of the roof. And and here comes the boat by again. And he says, come on, get in the boat. It's, it's not going to stop. He says, oh, no, I know that God's going to save me. Well, he didn't get in the boat. Well, you know what happened to him? He got flooded away and died. And he went to heaven and he said, God, he said, I've had faith in you. I trusted that you were going to save me. And God says, yeah, I know, but he said, we sent the boat by three times and you wouldn't get in it. (laughs) So that's kind of how our lives are. Are we willing to get in the boat? Windsor Christian Fellowship has a mission that it wants to accomplish. It wants everybody on board. It wants to have this place filled And he also wants to see the the world changed, your lives changed. So get on board. Does everybody realize that if you went out and got one person saved in a year, that the church would double? Hmm. The church would double. So we all wanna get on board and we all wanna do what we can, not only to, Fill the church, but see the nations know Jesus. Okay, the sower is what we're really talking about. The sower is the word of God. God, God's word produces life. The word is seed. Kingdom builders have to have the spirit of God, just like it was in the beginning. We'll start with that in Genesis one One through three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. If we want to see things accomplished in our life, we have to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what really guides us and directs us. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, and God spoke, and it came into existence. We can speak things into our lives. The Word is powerful. The Word is great. The Word is mighty. And sometimes we just need to speak it out. We need to have faith to speak it out and see God work in our lives. But we have to believe what we speak. Amen. Amen. Oh, how important the Holy Spirit is. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want us to build the Father's kingdom by saving lives and saving souls. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive. We ask it and give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Oh, the importance of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus had finished speaking the heavens and the earth into existence in all the fullness of them, this is, the, this is the Johnson version. He formed man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. Then he took a rib from the man and made the woman. What do you think Adam said? I think he said, wow. You men need to look at your wives and say, wow. Wow. Ooh, man, that, that's exciting. <laughs> to be his helpmate, and God said to them that you may eat of all the trees in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will surely die. A natural death and a spiritual death. The tree of life was also in the garden, so they partook of the wrong tree and had to die. God made a promise that he would make a way To bring mankind back to himself. Aren't you glad he promised that? But guess what Adam and Eve did? They hung around the wrong tree. And they were tempted to to grab hold of it. And if if they'd have just hung around the tree of life. They would have had life. But instead... They hung around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the forbidden tree. So we want to be careful what tree we hang around. We still have the tree of life that we can hold on to. And we're above all temptation. We don't have to be tempted because uh, the devil is no more than a suggestion. That's how much power he has. is just to suggest. But we have power to overcome. But God said he was going to make a way. He made a promise in Genesis 3.15. And I will put in enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So here we see that. God made a promise that he was going to put Jesus in between Satan's seed and her seed. Jesus was going to fight the battle so that, that he would be, so he would defeat Satan, which he did. He went to the cross. He crushed Satan's head when he went to the cross. If Satan would have known what would have happened at the cross, he never would have put him there. But all Satan did was bruise his heel. He actually nailed his heel to the cross. So with that, God fought the battle for the woman. In simple terms, God said that he would send Jesus to fight for the woman's seed and destroy Satan's seed by going to the cross and taking away the sins of mankind and bringing them back into fellowship with him. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Oh, it's so awesome just, just to think about what he's done for us. When he went to the cross to shed his precious blood, to hang on the cross, to be dead, buried, and rise again so that we too can rise in newness of life. Oh, my God sent his plan into motion. He gave us a foreshadow of Jesus' coming. He sent Moses as a deliverer. He sent Noah to preserve life. He sent David to defeat the giant, Satan. And then came Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied of Jesus' coming. In Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. My, my, God's seed is planted. So we'll just look at how did all this come about? But God had a plan. In Luke 1, 30 through 37. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know, uh, you women... You're just like Mary. You find favor with God. (laughs) And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, "How can this be? Since I do not know a man?" And the angel answered and said to her, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One is to be born, who is to be born will be called the Son of God." Then Mary said, "Behold the main servant of the Lord." Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for who was called barren. For with God, all things are possible. I sense in my spirit that there's people here that things are barren in your life, that things you've hoped for have just laid there dormant. But I wanna tell you today that God's gonna bring that to life. There's a couple in here that have been trying to have a child, either that or on, on the screen but they've been trying and haven't been able to. And I'm telling you, whoever you are, that within a year, you will have a child. And all you have to do is believe it. And of course you got to act on it. (laughs) Oh, what a joy, huh? (laughs) Oh my. Oh my. God has planted a seed in your heart. It's okay to ask this. Just take his word at it. The seed will come to life. Just believe all things are possible. Glory to God. It's okay to ask the question, how can this be? How can this be? I don't have any money. I don't have this. I don't have that. We can start making excuses, but... We just need to start believing God. Jesus is representing the Father God. In the beginning, this is in 1 John 1, one through four and verse 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The word became flesh in 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Jesus came into existence. And Jesus went about trying to make himself known. And he was in the temple one day, and he started to preach this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was Jesus' anointing. Then he went over and he sat down in that empty chair where there was the 12 tribes that were represented, and 12 elders sat there, but there was an empty chair there for the Messiah, and Jesus went over and sat down. He was making himself known. One day as I was praying, uh, I heard uh, a little sound, and it was like a ting. It was like a seed that dropped in a bucket And it just rang, it just rang in my heart. And I said, God, what does this mean? And he said, I have anointed you. I have anointed you to be like me. You may not have a ting in the bucket, but you have to believe that you have a seed in you. A seed that will do everything that Jesus said he came to do Amen. we are his hands we are his feet and he wants us to go about his business producing life setting people free isn't that awesome so we have work to do we have a church to build not just here but throughout the world so You may not have a a ting in the bucket, but you do have the ting. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus presented himself in other ways. Jesus said, I am the living water. How many of you can live without a drink of water? Jesus presented himself to the woman at the well. We can use natural things to present the gospel. Maybe somebody's taking a drink of water. You can start telling them, that, telling them about Jesus being the living water. Jesus said, also, I am the bread of life. How many of us can live without food? Nobody. So maybe sometime that you're out with somebody eating and they pick up their little loaf of bread, and, and they break it, and then you can tell them the story about Jesus being the bread of life. I am the light of the world. How can we go any place without being able to see where we need to go? So we can just t- talk about worldly things that Jesus will overshadow darkness. You can make a way in all these things that Jesus presented himself about. I am the door. Ah, have you ever felt Jesus knocking at the door of your heart? Then he went on to say, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd watches over you. And uh, you can just tell what Jesus has done for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can present that, that you need to be saved. I am the resurrection and the life. So Jesus gives us hope that uh, no matter what we're going through, no matter what sickness we have or whatever, that we can depend on him for eternal life. Then Jesus went on to say, I am all you need. He is the great I am. I am exactly what you need. In Philippians 4, 9, it says and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus also went about doing good, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, raising the dead, feeding the 4,000 and the 5,000. Jesus is showing us the way In Psalms 119, 105, God, your word says, your seed is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Luke 4 through 8, Luke 8, 4 through 8. And when a great multitude had gathered together and they had come to him from every city, He spoke by them a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some of it fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked root. It lacked root and moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. To you he has been giving to know the mystery of the kingdom. In Luke 8, 11 through 15, it says this, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and, the, and these have no root who believe who believe for a while and in time of temptations fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit, fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good soil, good ground, are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart and keep it. And bear fruit with patience. Hallelujah. The wayside are the people. Who refuse to believe the message. One day there was a, a man. That was down in the ditch. And he was digging. And, and I started sharing the gospel with him. And, and he said. One more word out of you. And I'm going to crawl out of here. And I'm going to beat you to death. With, the, with my shovel. And uh yeah, he, he just didn't want to hear it. But what, but what are we supposed to do? Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Somebody else came along and apparently sowed seed, more seed to him. And somebody else came along and sowed more seed to him. Eventually that same man received the Lord Jesus. So what do we have to do? Keep sowing seed. Keep Presenting the gospel. Amen. So it's important to sow seed. The ones that on the rock are the ones that believe the message, but do nothing about it. How many people have received the word and do nothing about it? So in time, they just kind of fall away. But what do we do? Keep sowing. Maybe the next person that sows seed will bring life into him. So it's important that we just keep sowing seeds. The ones that are on the, the, the thorns are the warriors. the ones that are lured away by materials, materialism, making no room for God. I'd have to be honest with you, I fell into that category. I farmed for 25 years. My dad was a farmer, so I know all about seed. I know how it that that, uh, life is in the seed itself. But I uh, wanted to be a farmer. And back then, I wanted to be a rich farmer. I mean, why farm unless you're going to be rich? So that's what I focused on. I got saved when I was 16 and I was just real happy about it. I went up and down the road and told my neighbors and some of them just didn't understand what born again really meant. And uh, so with not having fellowship, I just kind of fell away and, uh, and uh, just didn't follow hard after Jesus. So materialism is probably the main thing that can pull us away today. But apparently somebody kept sewing. I We had a, a dear friend that came into our house and, uh, and he, well, where's your Bible? And, and uh, I went in and got it for him and the first thing he did was, <sighs> 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 he blew the dust off of it and you know, That kind of infuriated me and my wife. How dare you come into my house and pick up my Bible and blow the dust off of it? Oh, you know, he got my attention. (laughs) He got my attention. So I started reading the Bible more and seeking God more. Hallelujah. So God has a wonderful way of doing things. But what did people do? They kept sowing. Kept sowing. Words kept getting deep down in my heart. And you know, eventually (laughs) it hit good soil. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that it hit good soil. And we decided that we were gonna follow Jesus no matter what the cost. There was a, a an evangelist that came to our church, and uh, and uh, he said, "Larry, you're to sell everything you have and serve the Lord." Oh, and he met me later, and he said, "Oh God," he said, "I I hated to tell you that." He said, "Is that is is that really agree with you?" And I said, "Oh yes, yes. God's been dealing with me. It was." Time for us to move. Sometimes when we wanna follow Jesus, we know it will cost. It costs us our time, maybe some relationships, and for some, our very lives. God's not asking you to go into his commitment blindly but be at peace and joy considering all that Jesus has done. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. In Jesus' time, there were only 300 million people in the world. In 1960, there were three billion people. Today in 22, we have 7.9 7.9 billion people. The more sowers are needed. The more sowers are needed. We see, we see things in the natural too. My dad was a farmer and, and I grew up on the farm so back then they had a two row planter and uh Two-row planter, and it, they had to string a wire clear across the field, and it had little knobs on it. So when that wire was put on the planter, so every time it went forward, and I remember my dad planted with horses. And, but anytime, every time it would hit that knob, it would click, and it would drop four kernels every 40 inches apart. Because back then, we didn't have weed control or anything, so you cultivated it this way, and you cultivated it this way. So that wire had to be just set in there exactly uh, so that it would drop the seeds at the right time. Then, we decide, after that, my dad had cut the tongue off, and put it so he could use the tractor to plant. So then eventually he got a four row planter. And when I started farming, I started with a six row planter. And then a lot of people had an eight row planter. Then it went to a 12 row planter. Sometimes they had a six row planter, but things were increasing things were speeding up, just like in the natural. More people need to plant seeds quicker. So today they have, even have drills that just drop seed all along, very, plant very quickly. So we need to line the natural up with the spiritual. We need to plant seeds very quickly. And it's the same way with the harvest. The harvest went from uh, harvesting by hand to a two-row, to a four-row, even up to a 12-row. A lot of, lot of uh, farmers have three combines, farming five, 6,000 acres, bringing in a huge harvest. We need to be like that big combine. We need to go out and bring in the harvest like we never have before, because this is truly harvest time. It's time that all the seeds that we've sown come to life. I just pray that every seed that you've sown that's laying dormant would begin to come to life. But anyway, keep sowing, (laughs) keep sowing, keep sowing. The harvest is truly ripe. In the 1940s, the average crop, corn crop, was 60 bushel. Today, it's 250 bushel, on up to 350 in certain situations. Again, we want the spiritual to override the natural. One kernel of corn can produce 500 kernels and more. Keys to sharing Jesus. I will let my wife share that.
0: Hallelujah. Well, just as Larry has just said that, you know, one little ear of corn can produce 500 seeds. My goodness. Well, we want to be that kind of seed sower. Amen? Amen. And so we're just going to share some keys on how to do that, some practical things. First of all, commit to following him no matter the cost. (laughs) Larry's told you a little bit. I just want to share a story with you also. Well, as he said, we were farmers, and we lived in an old farmhouse for many, many years, and Then God made a way for us to move into Fort Dodge, Iowa. This was so we could be closer to our church. We were elders. I was a registered nurse in the hospital, and we thought, oh, yeah, that would be just great to move into town. Well, we were able to do that, and this house, uh, now I'm talking to you ladies, this house was unbelievable. It was a heritage house built in 1913, Solid brick, several bedrooms, several baths, chandeliers, built-in grandfather's clock. I mean, I thought I was moving in to the house of my dream. Actually, I was. (laughs) So our friends and family had moved us in. And uh, it was about 10 o'clock at night. Everybody had left. And I was just standing in the kitchen. I mean, it was a stainless steel kitchen in the 90s. Can you believe it? oh my goodness, and I was just babbling, babbling about my beautiful house, and Larry's just standing there, and he's not saying anything, (laughs) and I said, what do you have to say? I said, Larry, what's up? I mean, isn't this house beautiful? And he said, don't get comfortable. (laughs) We won't be here long, and I was, I was shocked. what i'm going to stay here all my life that's what i said to him and he just quietly repeated don't get comfortable well that was a seed it went into my heart i wasn't happy that night (laughs) i wasn't happy at all but he had planted the seed seven years later with joy we would sell that house and move, move to the world. Hallelujah. And that evangelist that, you know, we stayed in contact with him for many years, he said, Phew, when you went on the mission field, I said, thank you, God, I didn't speak a lie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the second point is, oops, what happened to our second point? Okay, here we go. Our second.
1: Nope. We lost a second point.
0: (laughs) It's coming. Somewhere. Okay.
1: I knew it'd show up.
0: (laughs) Cultivate his heart for people. Cultivate his heart for people. How do we do that? Well, I'm speaking to the choir today. I'm speaking to you, the fellowship, the saints, You know how you cultivate your heart for people? You are doing it. Every time you put yourself under the anointing of the worship, Mm. like we heard today, every time you put yourself under the anointing of the word, you're doing it. And as you do that, you may not even realize it, but God is plink, 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 putting seeds in your heart helping you to love him more. He's loving you. You love him more. And what's the side product? You love people Mm -hmm. too. It is awesome how God works. Third point, give your testimony. I think most of you are sitting by someone. Look at the person next to you and say, I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear your testimony Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you came last Wednesday night, but oh, my goodness, the testimonies were out of this world. You know why? Because they were God's testimonies, right? Oh, my goodness, one lady testified of having an out-of-body experience. Another man named Steve, I think, testified how for 10 years his wife came to the church with their children but not with him. For 10 years, she saved a seat beside her for him, for him. And then one morning, God woke him up, stood him up, and brought him to church, and he said Pastor Rick was giving an altar call, and he ran down and received Jesus, the seeds of a faithful wife. (laughs) Another man from Africa testified coming here to Windsor and getting a job and going to university, it it was just an awesome, awesome night of encouragement. And then I, I thought as if it couldn't get any better, Pastor Larry testified about a Muslim lady who had a dream, and she dreamed about a book and a building, and the building was this building, and the book was in his office, a precious old, old Bible. And he was able to lead them to the Lord. People, tell your testimony. It is just so encouraging. It's just so encouraging. We just went home and, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow.
1: And the fourth one is, tell the good things God has done. We got saved. Hallelujah. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
0: Amen. And you know, as you have a heart for people, maybe you can even keep a little cheat sheet with you. You know, I love the Roman road. It's so easy to bring people to the Lord using that. So, you know, just... If you can't memorize everything, write it down and and just keep it close by. Well, the fifth one is add an action. Maybe you need to add an act of kindness. You know, we've lived in the same neighborhood for nine years, and we're praying for our neighbors, and um, one of our neighbors seems to be like the sea keeps falling on the rocks. He doesn't seem to be interested at all even though Larry keeps snow blowing his sidewalk and snow blowing some other people's driveways. And, and it just seems like it's not working. <laughs> so last year during COVID, we were, you know, you have plenty of time to look around, don't you? <laughs> we could see our fence was in bad condition. Well, actually it wasn't our fence. It was our neighbor's fence on our bordering our property. And so Larry said, I'm going to ask him if I could paint the fence. And so we did. And he said, well, I have to think about it. I don't know if I want you to paint my fence or not. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> he finally said yes. And it turned out to be a, quite a project, replacing boards and filling holes and finally painting. And then Larry talked to him. And I wished we had a A wonderful ending to that story, but unfortunately that story is still unfolding. Mm -hmm. We're going to still keep planting seeds and believing for his salvation. Uh,
1: I have a story for you too from back in my farming days. uh, uh, There was a man that would come by our house out in the farm riding a horse. And he'd come up in the yard, and he'd just start intimidating me. Uh, I was out there, me and uh, the guy uh, I'd hired to help me, we were out there digging forms to put in a building. And, and he came up, and he was just drunker and a skunk. And he said, I wouldn't work for that blankety-blank, blankety-blank, blankety-blank. And he just didn't have a good word to say about me and was trying to— uh, I'd ask him for more money. He isn't paying you enough, and he carried on and on and on. And And I was at the point of I wanted to drag him off of his horse and <laughs> lay it on him. But anyway, I have the spirit of self-control.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I didn't do it. But anyway... Uh, he rode off, and another time he came in and he harassed me again and and uh, as he was pulling out somebody come up over the hill in their car and just about ran over him and and dodged him and ran in the ditch and so I could see that this guy on the horse, my neighbor was he was going to go out and get him, so I ran down there and got him between the two and got it set, got him settled down and and they both went about their business. But one day, when I was driving by, uh, he had a dump truck and he'd come down his lane and he'd slid off the lane. It was snowing; snow was deep. And and the Lord says, "Larry, go pull him out." So I, I came by there and I went up to him and said, "Could I help you?" And and uh, I said, "I can go home and get my tractor and come and pull you out." And he says. You do that for me? I said, well, sure. You're a child of God. God loves you. I'll be happy to pull you out. So I went home and got my tractor. And every time I met him from then on out, I was able to drop little seeds, and he ended up receiving the Lord. So what do we do? Keep sowing. Hallelujah. Keep sowing. Keep doing them acts of kindness.
0: Well, we want to close with one, one last story before Larry closes with some scripture. But God allowed us to live in Beijing, China for eight and a half years. And I don't know if we have the picture up on, on the, or can put the picture up of this man. But we were privileged to buy an apartment and live in Chinese housing. And right below us was a man named Mr. Young, over the years we got to know him and he had quite a wonderful history. This man was actually part of the servant family that lived in the summer palace and served the last emperor of China. Well, hallelujah. But this time now that the you know we have new China, he's no longer in the summer palace. He lives in an apartment below us. Well, he had kind of a hardship. His beautiful wife had um, had dementia. And in Beijing in those days, there really wasn't a place to put someone that had dementia. And so she would often run away. Sometimes she was gone a whole day, sometimes three days, until someone found this lady, took her to the police, and they brought her back. Well, one day we were coming home, and in front of their door was this giant, white paper chrysanthemum. And we knew that that meant someone had died. When we found out it was his wife, Larry went out, and I know this may sound funny to some of you because things have changed, but in those days, Coke and Dove candy bars were a big favorite in China. So he went out and bought a case of Coke and and a whole carton of candy bars and went down and sat with the family. They never forgot it. Fast forward a few years. God certainly surprised us. He called us out of China to Vancouver, BC. Can you believe it? What bonafide missionary goes from China to live in Vancouver? Well, God had a plan, so we just were obedient. But then we had to sell this apartment that we thought we would never leave. And so Larry woke up one morning. He said, this is the the price God gave me. So we put it out by the grapevine. Immediately, we had a couple people. Well, as soon as they found out we had lost the deed, (laughs) yes, lost the deed, they cut the price in half. Well, you would too, right? (laughs) Anyway, so then comes our neighbor. He said, I hear you have your your, um, apartment for sale and I'd like to buy it. Larry said, well, we don't have a deed. His reply, I am from the people of the summer palace. I can get the deed. No problem. So God sold our apartment for us and we could move in obedience to him. Well, we still loved the Chinese people. So every year, we organized a trip and went back to China. And Larry, again, he always seems to wake up with things from God. God said, you need to go see your old neighbor. So put it on the agenda. Well, we just showed up at his door. He was so happy to see us. And Larry said, I really came. I came with an agenda. I want to tell you about Jesus. He was so open. He was so ready. And when we went to pray the salvation prayer, he was actually just quietly just excited. And then when we went to leave, he told Larry two things. He said, first of all, last month I was so, so sick I almost died. But I believe I was kept alive by God so you could come and let me know about salvation. And then Larry said, but Mr. Wong, uh, Mr. Young, had you heard about Jesus before? Saints, if you haven't heard anything, hear this. Yes, he said. When I was seven, eight, and nine years old, I attended the Sunday school by European missionaries. That day, he was 80 years old. Seventy years that seed stayed in the heart until just the right time. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God.
1: So let us work together to get God's heart. In John 4, 34 through 36, this is what it says. Then Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Hallelujah. So God's heart was for people. He said, my food, my desire is people. That's what I came to earth for. That's what I died for. That's my food. My food. It's my desire to go to the cross for each and every one of you, Jesus said. That's what he came to do. That's what he accomplished was his food because the harvest is truly ripe. Look, white for harvest, that means more than ripe. Mm -hmm. That means they're more than ripe. Then in John 12, 23 through 26, Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. I'd just like to make a plea today. Anyone that's willing or wants to die in the flesh, and is willing and wanna follow Jesus. If you want more anointing, and you want more of the fire of God, I just want you to come, just come. If you wanna be a soul winner, and uh, we'll just pray for you. There's people here that will pray for you. So if you wanna just come, come to the altar and just, the elders can come and pray for you. So anybody that wants to increase that wants to increase soul soul, sowing. Just come. Just come. Just come.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: God, I thank you for each person that's came. Yes. Each person wants to see your kingdom built.
0: Yes. Thank you, Lord.
1: God, oh God, thank you.
0: The elders will come by and pray for each one of you. And Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Father, we know thank there's you, a big kingdom out there.
1: Thank there's you, Lord. There's
0: a big kingdom thank you, Lord. that you want to bring in. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Go forth. In Jesus' name be blessed. Increase, increase, increase in Jesus' name. Oh, rabba In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let the anointing flow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the anointing flow. The anointing for souls, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the anointing. Let the anointing flow. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, let the anointing flow. In Jesus' name. Let the anointing flow. Hallelujah, anointing, anointing for souls. Hallelujah, fire burn, burn in their hearts, Lord Jesus. Burn in their hearts, Lord God. God, in your mercy, burn the fire. Fire for souls, Lord God. Fire for souls in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Fire, 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 a desire to see people saved. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the fire. Thank you for the fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you. You can stay at the altar if you wish, but we're going to transition into communion. So you can be preparing that. And I want to read from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29. It says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So as we prepare our cup and our bread today... Just take a few minutes. Just take a few minutes to examine your own heart. If there's anything that needs reconciliation, anything that needs forgiveness, just do it. Hallelujah. Yes. In 1 Corinthians eleven
1: twenty-three through 25, it says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
0: And so as we get ready to take the bread, just thank Jesus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just thank Jesus that his body was broken for you and for me and for everyone who's coming generation after generation, but today for me.
1: His life was broken so that we could have life. Let's partake. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious blood that was shed at the cross of Calvary, that blood that covers all our sins. We're so grateful. Thank you, Father, for the blood that you shed for each and every one of us. We give thanks. Let's partake.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Go, be the Acacia, the called out ones, the church. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, amen.